Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Gone Gaming Podcast. Today we're actually going to be talking about the different types of gamers in our third episode. Previously we talked about the motivators that get somebody into playing video games in the first place, along with what is it in the game, or in the social aspect of the game, that gets people hooked and makes them want to keep coming back. But today we're going to go a little bit more in-depth by talking about these different types of gamers. And if you've played games socially for any period of time, and it could have been uh, Farmville on Facebook, it could have been Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, you've probably interacted with at least a couple of these different types of gamers. First of all, you got the, uh, you got the Ragers. You've got the self-proclaimed gods of gaming. You've got the social butterflies. All of these different types of gamers are partially motivated by something different within the game. They have different social motivations or different things that make them happy, and so it turns them into this different gamer. Now, in my recent undergrad classes, I did have to take a social psychology and human nature class, and in that class I learned of a social theory called the Theory of Social Comparison, which basically laid out the power and processes in which people learned about themselves by comparing themselves to others. Now, for our purposes, the comparison of ourselves to those around us or by comparing ourselves to examples like those provided in uh, this podcast later on today helps you to identify which group of gamers you actually are involved in. Perhaps you find yourself to be one of the kings or the self-proclaimed gods of gaming. And those aren't necessarily people that everyone wants to hang out with. People might get sick of you pretty quickly. And by identifying these behaviors in yourself, it may allow you to change the way that you interact with those around you and, in essence, change which circle you uh, are involved in. Now, I will preface each of these different types with just a little word of caution. All of these different types are based on my personal observations, uh, and I do kind of generalize the categories into... uh, categories that I find based on behavior, attitudes, and styles within the game themselves. This is, of course, not a diagnosis and uh, should not be taken as any sort of medical advice. This is instead just my perception after my own personal observations and many years of gaming itself. Now, you might find yourself or others that you know to be in certain sects of these, uh, these different types, and if so, that's great. I uh, don't necessarily recommend calling them out on it because they're probably not going to take that very well. But the first of these types is going to be the Rager. Everybody has played with a Rager at some point in the time, and I admit that I do find myself falling into the category of a Rager every once in a while, uh, especially when playing Battlefield, because I end up getting spawn killed, and then I just kind of rage out and decide to quit. But if you play League of Legends, you'll probably find somebody who continuously loses their lane, or who uh, gets mad when anybody else does something wrong. And they're often known as kind of a toxic player. They're not someone that you want to continue to play with often. They're not somebody that enriches your gaming experience. They like to find a lot of the negative. They like to blame things on other people. And they're, generally speaking, just not very nice. And they're never really satisfied unless they're the ones who are doing really well. In Call of Duty, I found myself to be kind of a rager every once in a while when I would play with a group of people and I would find myself killed by the same guy 
every time it was the same guy. And it wasn't that he was quicker on the draw or he was necessarily better than I was, but it was because he was one of those corner campers or he was spawn camping. And so I would spawn, I'd move three or four steps and then get killed by that one guy. And it happens in Battlefield probably more than any other game I've ever played to where you're playing the game and you join into a new server and all of a sudden you die seven times without even seeing an enemy because all they're doing is waiting for you to spawn and killing you off. And they're one of the kind of gamers that I really don't care uh, to play with, but I do identify that a lot of times I fall into this category. And I think most of us probably have our rager moments, but once you learn to identify it, and I found, you know, if it's getting to the point where I'm starting to rage, I turn off my voice comms entirely so that the people I'm playing with don't have to hear me complain. And if it's getting to the point where I'm actually getting emotional or I'm getting angry about it, then I will go ahead and just straight up quit. I'll stop playing and let myself go cool down because I don't like to be in that frame of mind when I'm playing games. I try to play games to enjoy myself, to have fun, but when I find myself in these situations or in this mental state because of whatever someone else is doing in the game, it's not healthy for me to allow myself to be manipulated like that in a game or because of a game. And it's like I tell other people when they start raging and which is kind of silly if I don't take my own advice, but it is just a game. And because it is just a game, everyone is entitled to play it however they want. If they want to be corner camping or spawn killing or sniping or whatever, if they don't want to play the objective in Battlefield Hardline and just want to use C4 and blow up all the cars you're trying to steal, then that's their prerogative. That is part of playing a game. You can do whatever you want, and nobody really gets to make you do anything. And I have to stop myself and realize, you know what, they get to play the game their way, I get to play the game my way. And if I don't want to be on offense, and instead I'm just taking out the defense, I'm taking out their offenders every time, then that's one thing. If I want to go push on offense and I keep getting killed by their defense, well, they're playing defense, that's a smart way to play the shooters, and that's something that you just kind of got to go with the flow on. And everybody gets to play the game their way. You don't get to just get angry about it because it's just a game. Now, the second type of gamer that most of us have probably encountered is going to be the social butterfly. And you'll more often find these folks in MMO games. And they're usually the ones that are kind of just sitting around in a, uh, in a group chat, like general chat in Orgrimmar hanging out on the fleet, or if you've played Tibia, they're in usually the English or world chats, kind of just hanging out, making friends, offering advice, or helping other people out here and there, but not actually doing much playing of the game itself. Um, they usually have some kind of very identifiable name, and they've been at this for a long time. And I always find these people just a little bit strange because what's in it for them? Maybe they just get uh, a high out of helping other people, and that is all fine and good. However, I've known a couple of these people who start out and they kind of seem like this social butterfly and everything's all nice and positive, and then they kind of take a turn for the worse, and it turns into a manipulating game where uh, I've actually known men who are playing as women in games 
and they use female characters, voice modulators, emulators, and flirt with guys in the game to get them to trust them. In Tibia, they would get you to open up your house, allow you access to your gear, uh, your money, all kinds of stuff like that. In other games, actually allow you access to your account itself or let you win the loot in different fights and stuff like that. And it becomes kind of a manipulation game for them to see what they can get out of it, to see what they can get from you. And I absolutely do not agree with anyone who plays like that. I think it is, I think it's pretty scumbag for you to play like that. But again, it's your prerogative. Play the game however you want. If you like to play manipulating people, maybe you've been manipulated in real life, and so you're kind of turning the tables. Well, I understand that. I don't agree with it, but I do understand it. So one thing that people will will claim is it's just a game. And the money inside the game, it's just game money. You're paying for pixels. It's nothing important. Well, that is true, but at the same time, it's not. World of Warcraft currency, Tibia currency, Star Wars The Old Republic, EverQuest even, uh, League of Legends, Path of Exiles, any large-scale MMO that you can consider um, played by even tens of thousands of people likely has some sort of third-party website where you can go buy or sell currency. And when you think about the fact that a million, or what is it? Yeah, a million credits in Star Wars The Old Republic will sell for two bucks. Or a million gold in uh, Tibia sells for five to seven dollars. And a couple thousand gold in uh, World of Warcraft will sell for a couple dollars. That starts to add up pretty significantly. And I have bought and sold uh, game currency for myself. I've not really been into a flipper kind of mode where I buy it cheap, sell it more, and go on like that. But I do buy it for myself, and I've sold it back off when I decide to stop playing the games. And for these people to come in and start manipulating and basically steal from you, I've sold accounts upwards of $1,000. So... If you're going to steal from me and you're stealing two or three hundred dollars worth of in-game currency, that's kind of a lot of in-game currency. That's going to take me probably a couple of weeks, if not months, to rebuild that stockpile and to rebuild what I've earned. Or if I paid for it with my credit card, then that's going to be an awful lot for me to lose. If, you know, some girl comes along, you meet her, she seems great, all of a sudden she takes your wallet, robs your house and you're left with nothing, well, you're going to be pretty upset about it. So if and when that does happen in a video game, you got to consider that there are real-life costs associated with a lot of it, and it's not, it's not okay when those things happen. But I digress. Not all women in games are trying to get something from someone. I don't want that to seem like my play on this at all. I've met plenty of females in video games who are great, I've met plenty of men who want to play females in games that are great. And just because you're a social butterfly does not mean you're in it to get something, you're trying to manipulate somebody, or anything like that. But uh, sometimes I do look a little bit too deeply into some areas for these individuals. But that's kind of just what I do. That's something that I've found my joy in for a long time, just observing and looking at these different people and looking for patterns of behavior and stuff like that. 
And I found that those that fall into the social butterfly category do also share symptoms with a personality uh, disorder called borderline personality disorder. Now, of course, an official diagnosis requires somebody who is qualified to give a diagnosis, but the DSM-5, which is a Diagnostic and Statistics Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition by the American Psychiatric Association, requires an individual to meet five or more symptoms out of a list of, I believe it is nine. Now, for the sake of time, and of course not to bore you to death, I'm going to give you just the ones that I find the most common. And if you're interested in knowing more about that, you can always look up uh, borderline personality disorder, or if you happen to find a DSM-5 sitting around, it's on page 663. And the symptoms of borderline personality disorder that I find in these social butterflies are, first of all, a frantic effort to avoid real or imagined abandonment. They absolutely can't be alone. They have to have somebody there. They need to know that you're always there and somebody is there to talk to them. They can't be left alone. Uh, the second one is a pattern of unstable and intense interpersonal relationship characterized by alternating between extremes of idealization and devaluation. They think they're great and they think that your relationship is wonderful and all of a sudden they feel like they're worthless. And so they have to have that reassurance. And uh, number three is identity disturbance. They're not really sure who they want to be. Maybe they're one person one day and they're kind of different later on. And it's kind of a really strange thing to imagine identity disturbance, but it goes right along with chronic feelings of emptiness, which is another one of these symptoms, to where they need you to fill their void. And they find that by different people in the game. The relationships that they find in the game are what they use to fill that void. Uh, they're also impulsive in at least two areas that are potentially self-damaging. Now, the ones listed in the DSM include spending, sex, or substance abuse. And inside a video game, you can find the spending, impulsive spending. That's very easy. Sex is something that really obviously isn't in a game in a physical aspect. However, there is always sexting or cyber sex within the game. And sexual relationships do become a thing once you've you know, developed a relationship with someone on the internet. It's just one of those things that does happen. Doesn't happen for everybody. If you're looking for it, I don't recommend that because it's not going to work out very well for you in my opinion. But um, these, these social butterflies, you know, they like to build a relationship, find someone that they're close with, and that's, that's where they find that attachment to this other individual. Now, on a little bit of a side note, I have noticed in my personal opinion and in my personal experience that a couple of these folks that I've met that match this um, social butterfly mentality also uh, are victims of PTSD. You know, they've had some kind of issue in the past that they're not, they're not okay with hanging out socially outside of a video game. They feel vulnerable or things like that. And so they turn to these relationships within a game because they can control the situation. They can control all of it. But borderline personality disorder does at times play into that as well. Now, the second, or actually the third group that I want to talk about is the king. Now, uh, we probably have all interacted with the king at some point in time. Now, the king is someone who probably thinks that they are amazing at everything they do. Their theories on game and their abilities are just perfect. And yet, really, they're probably only a mid-range player. 
Um, I've known quite a few of these. I had an interaction with one recently in a different game that he thought he was the best. He was the best racer in Path of Exile. And I don't really agree with that. His techniques were flawed. He never actually competed, but he liked to talk a big game. And a lot of these people, they kind of refuse to take responsibility if something goes wrong. If something doesn't go their way or they are not able to live up to those expectations that they have told you that they're able to become, then they blame it on other people. But they're also often, uh, often a leader of a guild, and they enjoy the, pe- the feeling of power over those around them. They like to be able to tell other people what to do and have the other people kind of scraping at their feet and looking for something different. Now, one of my first and most memorable experiences with someone who kind of fits into the Kane group, the self-proclaimed gods of gaming, as you will, um, was, in fact, a fairly good player. But he had these ideas on how great he was and believed that he was one of the top players of all time. Uh, and in my mind, his ideas were significantly warped. They, they were not realistic at all. And... Although he was, in fact, a good player, he, uh, he was probably only on the lower edge of being considered uh, what is called a high-level character within the game. But he believed that he was on the upper echelons of the game in terms of his technique, his strategy, his playstyle, even his ability. And he never really put it to use. He didn't, um, in the years that I knew him, he never exhibited any traits that made me think, you know what, this guy is amazing. I need to learn from him. I need to do what he's doing to become as good as he is at the game. It wasn't like these professional gamers that you see on t- on uh, on Twitch or on Hitbox, and you're like, you know what, Froggen is a fantastic mid laner. I need to learn from him. You know, Xpeke or uh, Crepo, any of these guys. Team, you know, all the guys from from TSM, from all these different professional teams who are absolutely amazing. You look at the way they play and the way that they kind of think themselves through things and you realize you know what these guys are amazing these guys really are good at the game they can they can back up whatever they're talking and instead my interaction with this one gamer was every time he would talk about how great he was I found his stories kind of blurring the lines with other people's stories my own stories personally you know I was gone for a year or two and I come back and he tries to tell me how he came up with this one way of doing something that I myself had come up with and had told him about separately. And that these techniques that he developed over years of playing and this and that were actually techniques that he learned while being part of someone else's team and being led by someone else. And he believes himself to be on this totally different level, separate from everyone else, that he just is beyond. He doesn't think that he's just one of the normal gamers. He thinks he's some fantastic you know, one-of-a-kind player. And after playing with him for a while, I realized that he completely and 100% met the criteria for uh, narcissistic personality disorder, which is found on page 669, 669 of the DSM-5. And the criteria that I identified in this player were these following eight criteria. Uh, a grandiose sense of self-importance, inflated ego, he thinks he's amazing, Uh, preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, or brilliance. He believed that he and his guild were 
going to be the top. And if we could only achieve X, Y, Z, then he would be at the top and he was the best player in Tibia. And all he needed was this or that. And there were always a condition to why he wasn't there yet. But he always believed that he would have unlimited success or unlimited power. And that's kind of where his mind was at for so long. The third one is that the, uh, he or she believes that they are special and unique and can only be understood by other high-status people. This one guy did not accept the fact that he wasn't super crazy amazing. And when he tried to explain things to us, he liked to talk down to everyone as though we were beneath him or we were lower than him because we're not on his level. And you find that a lot in the, you know, that specific phrasing, you're not on my level or get on my level as it is kind of used. And these folks who think they're so great and they're not understood by the regular gamers are pretty self-absorbed. Uh, the next one here is requires excessive self-admiration. Rather than praising others for how they're doing well, he praises his own exploits and his own past. Oh, you did that? Well, at one point, you know, I did this, and I like to call them the one-uppers in this situation. They're always trying to find something that they did better than you. Whatever you did was never good enough, because theirs is always going to be better than yours. If you farmed a million gold in a day, they farmed two million gold in a day. Whether or not the story is true, they're going to give you the story, because they require that self-admiration. Uh, they have a sense of entitlement or what is called an unreasonable expectation of favorable treatment. They think that you owe them. They think that, you know what, I'm great, this is mine. And I don't agree with it. Uh, interpersonally exploitative, which means they are using others for their own gain. They may put together a team to run a boss, and rather than crediting the team for their efforts, instead they credit themselves. You know what? I ran this team. This team listened to me. It was my techniques and my abilities that helped this team make it happen. And it's me, 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 even within a team. Uh, they believe that others are envious of him or her, thinking that everybody wants to be like them. Or they're showing arrogant or haughty attitudes or behaviors. And those are eight out of the only nine characteristics of narcissistic personality disorder and are only requiring five for an official diagnosis. Now, I listed this off to one of the guys that I played with who, uh, who knew this other individual, and immediately he started laughing because he realized that every single one of these envisioned this person. You could put this list together and give it to anybody that had played with this person for a little while, and they would realize exactly which person without pointing any fingers that you were talking to. Now, of course, I'm not a psychologist, not yet. I'm obviously not qualified to make an official diagnosis, but if it acts like a narcissist, he talks like a narcissist, plays like a narcissist, then the odds are he's probably a narcissist, at least to some point. Now, I was originally going to make this a one-part episode and just go ahead and go through all these different types today, but after starting to record, I realized that this is going to be a much lengthier discussion than I uh, kind of want to keep everybody around for in one episode. I don't want to have a one hour long episode going on here because I end up kind of ranting a little bit at the end. So I'm going to let it off here and we will talk about the other two types of gamers next week.
uh, the entitled, the mine, mine, mine. It's all about me. You owe me. I want, I want, I want. And uh, kind of like the seagulls on, what was that, Finding Nemo. And also we're going to talk about the Brutalizer, who is a gamer characterized by violent behaviors, a lack of empathy. And I think we've all interacted with some of these. We like to call them the trolls. They just kind of do whatever they want, and they're not really nice. They don't interact well with other people. And those people are what we're going to talk about next week. And we're also going to talk about the casual, who is the gamer who just kind of plays the game. He goes along with it, kind of free-flowing, doesn't really get super involved in any of it, doesn't care about the drama. And that's where most of us are going to probably find ourselves listed as. But we may kind of sway or dip into one of these other categories, like the king or the brutalizer, maybe even the rager or the social butterfly, or, of course, the uh, the entitled. And once you find where you're at, like I mentioned at the beginning, you're able to determine where you want to be. If there are changes that you think you need to make within your gaming playstyle, or perhaps within your life that you notice, you know what, this is how I interact socially in my real world, then maybe these kind of tips or observations of mine will help you to see that, help you to realize that for yourself, and make the changes that you want to make to get you to the point that you want to be at. So as always, I do want to thank you all for listening. You can find me at gone underscore gaming on Twitter, or you can find me at soundcloud.com slash gone gaming. Unfortunately, my Facebook profile is still kind of locked, so you get to that later. Once again, thanks for listening. Have yourself a great week until we see you next time. So long, and thanks for all the fish.